It's our Culture Talk segment here on Metro FM Talk. 20 minutes it is before 9 p.m. Uh, this evening, uh, we speak to Masande Njanga, who's the author of acclaimed novels, The Reactive, published in 2014, and uh, shortlisted for the 2015 Barry Ronge Fiction Prize, and also longlisted for the uh, Etisalat Prize for Literature. And also, uh, more recent work, Triangulum, shortlisted for the 2020 Nomo Awards for Best Novel, as well as uh, author of the chapbook Native Life in the Third Millennium, uh, which is a collection of poetry and prose. Masande joins me now on the line. Masande, good evening to you, Mshagas, and uh, welcome. Good evening to you, brother, and thank you for having me. Yeah, man, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Um, you, you, I, was, I, I was saying, I guess, to, to, to my producer, I read uh, Reactive um, a few years ago, um, and I certainly f- found it a, quite the page turn and a fascinating read, um, and you know, kudos for, for the great work that you do. Um, you. And we wanted to talk to you, man, about, I guess, you know, uh, some of the shifts that you see in your own work. Um, and, and I wanted to talk a bit more about uh, what you're calling, uh, you know, native life in the third millennium. Um, let's maybe, th- I guess that would be a good place for us to start. Uh, uh, what is that piece of work, a collection of poetry and prose, and what are some of the themes that you deal with there? Um, so native life in the third millennium is an experimental collection of prose and poetry. Um, it's in the chapbook format which is relatively small and mobile. And basically, man, um, it's me trying to delineate as far as I know, you know, what I perceive to be native life in the third millennium, admittedly from one corner, of course, of the, um, of the black experience, but um, true to uh, a member of a particular generation and of uh, a particular political leaning. So um, it's just one writer's view on a question uh, many artists and other thinkers are trying to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, fi- I find the cover quite interesting. Um, you know, he, I guess sort of that generation, Kulusia Game Sender. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, what's the thinking behind that? I mean, I, I just thought of that sound that those you know buttons used to make. Just exactly. Well, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I was thinking a lot about that period, you know, and how for a lot of us it was kind of an introduction to our relationship um, with technology, and of course it's like imbued with nostalgia and you know the rose-tinted lenses of a child but Mm. it was a much more benign relationship with uh, technology and modernity and of course you get older and also the machine develops and you realize that that's not the relationship um, that it's meant to have you know instead it's more like um, I don't know an implement that's easy to run amok and have us on the other side of exploitation. But anyway, um, it was about just thinking back, reflecting on that time and how it also kind of paralleled with the optimism um, that was palpable in the country as well, um, just Um, after liberation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we often talk in uncritical terms, uh, you know, Masande, about this being the you know digital first, mobile first generation, or whatever sort of you know adjectives are often used, yeah. um, without really I guess grappling with how technological change was also a marker of different social changes that were happening at the time. I mean, you know, and I think of 
you know, the, the advent of the early PlayStation, um, you know, the advent of early social messaging platforms, exactly. Mixit, um, and how all of those, I guess, have, have happened in such rapid succession um, that we sometimes don't really speak about the social importance and implications of, of how quickly things have moved. Absolutely, man, absolutely. And running concurrently with that development of this almost like social technology was the fact that it was being introduced um, to sec- certain uh, sectors of society first. Mm. So it was also like a very classed experience. And what was interesting to me, though, growing up was often encountering um, Amatita from, you know, a guy who are actually like much, much better um, and much more skilled and much more versed in these new technologies than um, mm. the, the kids that we knew from the suburbs. So it was always just about who has access and who doesn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a metaphor for, for so many other things in the society. I mean, if I think back about some of the work um, and my recollection of, of reading, um, you know, uh, your work, uh, Reactive, uh, or The Reactive, I should rather say, um, a lot of that was also about thinking, you know, about a society that was shifting, you know, yeah. think of HIV and AIDS around the early 2000s in a city that was in flux, Ikapa, you know, um, yeah. and of course, yeah. as always, the connections with with the homeland, if I can put it that way, because I think mm-hmm. all of us are migrants in some shape or form. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is that some of the stuff you grapple with, I guess, in Triangulum and even in, in Native Life in the Third Millennium? Yeah. Uh, because I often say, you know, these things go in circles. Uh, you know, the first generation might have gone to work in the mines or the docks here in the Western Cape. Um, and we, the second generation, although might be knowledge workers, still sort of follow the beaten path to the cities, um, you know, effectively as migrants. Yeah, um, that's, I have to say, man, thank you for that. Um, it's it's very perceptive and it's beautiful and I appreciate it. And yeah, absolutely. Like the way that I experience like history in South Africa in general is almost like as a continuum, you know, mm. one chapter never closes to open for the next chapter. It's all happening concurrently, you know, at the same time. Mm. Mm. And um, like, it's weird. It's, it, it, it's something that kind of comes up in the book as well through homelands, you know, mm. a lot of those locations that were so historically charged, you know, by the time that 1992 was coming um, are still there. You know, mm, the place mm. is still there. All that happened sure. is that policy was passed and it was no longer an independent state. Mm, um, mm. But socially, you know, in terms of like the kinds of roots and even maybe hauntings, you know, that surround yeah. the place, you know, were never kind of moved. And for me, that's how being in the country feels, you know, mm, and... Um, mm. I, I I kind of, in a way, feel privileged to be in a position um, to translate that for myself through writing, mm, through art, mm. because sometimes, you know, without having that um, place to to put it, it can sure, it can sure. it can get to you. Yeah, yeah, and of course, I think you know, the, there's also the bigger question around the archive and how do we add to that? How do we continue to build on that? Um, with, with whatever tools we have at our disposal, 
um, so that we're able, I guess, in that continuum you were talking about, yeah. um, to shed some light for, for even those that are going to come after us. I want us to take a brief break, Masande. Okay. When we come back, um, I mean, there's, there's a few sort of question marks I've got. Okay. Um, I guess in light of and and Lendo Yalom Chinuwako on on that cover that is making me think about a few things. So we'll yeah. come back to some of those uh, uh, issues after this brief break. Ten minutes it is before 9 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. I'm in conversation uh, this uh, evening with award-winning author and publisher Masande Njanga, I should rather say. Um, let me not butcher his name there. Uh, Masande Njanga joins us, and uh, we're talking about some of his uh, latest work, Triangulum, Native Life in the Third Millennium. And it's a chapbook, uh, 105 millimeters by 148 millimeters. And uh, so certainly for... If you know your millimeters from your centimeters and meters, you will certainly understand the size of that uh, type of book. But Masandi, I was saying, I mean, the, the cover there with, um, you know, that old games arcade, you know, type of uh, game there, uh, made me think about something. I mean, if, if we think about fiction in the traditional sense of the word, um, mm -hmm. a lot of the fiction that's come out, certainly for people in, in our generation, um, has been one, yes, interesting, very sort of reflective and, and bearing witness to where we are at this point in time. What I often feel has, has been missing is, you know, an acceptance that our lives have shifted in very real ways. So, so there's a life we live in the real biosphere we're in now, but there's also the lives we live in the digital realm. Uh, and I certainly haven't seen that coming up or that interface between, you know, the digital and the real um, coming through in a lot of the fiction or sort of imaginative work um, that's coming through. What's your sense of that? Um, and maybe is my, I guess, sort of criticism there um, entirely unfair? Um, it is slightly unfair. Um, there, yeah. there are, of course, uh, a few people, especially in speculative fiction, um, who are definitely writing you know, about technology across the continent. But... Um, I understand at the same time what you mean. And I think the reason why writers might not be taking it on as much at the moment is because it might not have a lot of social purchase. A lot of people um, might not be experiencing, you know, the reality that way. And again, it's a question mm. of, one, access. And then the second thing is that... Um, Africa is always in the, afford in the unfortunate position of always having to catch up. And by the time that, you know, um, the rest of the world is moving on to something, we've hardly had an adequate goal at the thing that came before it. And so even, and this will affect literary culture as well, you know. So there are certain things that are essential for our development that we can't rush through, you know, certain ways of focusing while at the same time, um, I'm in agreement with you. You know, it's important to be um, connected 
to where the rest of the world is. But mm. it's um, it's something that's you know influenced by history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess the, the, there's also the other sort of dimension to um, to the work that you you do as, as um, you know, which I, I essentially see as cultural work. Um, which is, you know, the audiences you interact with. Um, you know, a lot of um, black and in particular African writers, you know, often, I guess, sort of rumble around this issue. Um, and I, I hate to put you in a box like that, but I think let's work yeah. with it for, for, for the moment. Okay. Um, which, which is a question of saying, you know, when, when you write, yes, primarily you would write for yourself, but yeah. there's also a question about, you know, how do some of the audiences who interact with your work engage with it? And, and how does that sort of... Uh, I guess, um, you know, how is that reflected in, in, in the comment you were making earlier that, you know, the realities, even if we live in the same country, might yeah. not ne be necessarily the same across racial, class, gender, yeah. and, and I guess other markers. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a fantastic question. And I think for me, very early on, I decided that, you know, I would write and publish work that at least as far as um, the composition of it, you know, as an, as an artwork, would be something that is on my terms, you know. Mm. And uh, even, like, I have been known to stress out publishers, like, in the past, you know, right up until meeting all my deadlines, but right up until the 11th hour, like, making sure that um, everything is where it should be uh, in my book. Mm. Um, so by the time that I've done that, you know, um, audiences usually, or at least maybe recently, um, they tend to respond to that and they, they take the work on, for the most part, on its own terms. So by the time that I am interacting with them, um, I think the dynamic is where it should be. You know, they are understanding that they limit their knowledge is limited in some capacity, even though, you know, they found a lot sure. um, in the books that they could use. Yeah. 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 Let, let's talk about, I guess, the, the political economy of the, of the other space you operate in. I mean, the publishing game, okay. um, you know, the, the industry that makes sure that we get the words that you string together um, yeah. and, and we get them in a form that we can access, be it digital sort of a hard copy, um, your sense of, of that space here in South Africa, and I guess, you know, the role that many sort of practitioners like yourself, uh, what role you would like to play in that space in the future? Um, what do you make of it currently? And, and, you know, in the future, where do you see, I guess, your, your role being? Yeah. Um, right now, it's unfortunately very reflective of, like, many, many... Um, sectors of our society, you know, and that it reflects disparity um, in terms of who gets to occupy what positions and who has, you know, um, the influence in terms of what comes out. Uh, so that's not really surprising. Um, and I think my take on it, you know, is I want, or at least my aim is to kind of study it in a way, you know, as an instrument and figure out how it works and how I can work it. And if that's something that I can pass on to other people so that they can, you know, reconfigure that and do it in their own way, then, you know, I couldn't be happier. 
But really, um, a lot of my projects and a lot of my work are also things that um, are there to teach me, you know, uh, and to help me figure out, you know, not only my society, but how to exist in the society as well. Mm, mm, mm. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess we've spoken quite a bit about native life in the third millennium. Um, just briefly before we, we we let you go, Triangulum, um, what inspired that work and, and, and what uh, did that work try and deal with? Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I know, much. I'm giving you There's like so a minute, I'm giving I, you like I, a I minute. Will, um, just one minute, Booty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, a triangulum wouldn't exist um, without me having been preoccupied um, for a large portion of my life about the homeland, about the sky and what it meant, you know, mm. and how that influenced, uh, I guess, a lifelong fixation on our history and what our history means at, you know, various parts. So it was a combination of that, and it was also a combination of um, an adolescent love that I had for science fiction mm, and mm. paying homage, I guess, to um, a period of you know my life and my development to, um, as a writer that was um, very rich with the kind of, you know, a young person's... Um, delight and pleasure and imagination. Masande, thank you so much, my brother, for taking time out uh, to speak to us this evening. Uh, thank wish you, you for all having the best. me. And yeah, man, thank you for letting us into your mind space and, uh, you know, the space that creates all of the great work that we've had the fortune to interact with. Uh, and uh, thank you so much, man. Take I care. I appreciate that. Thanks, brother. Masande Njanga, an award-winning author and publisher uh yeah joining us for our culture talk there and uh, yeah go check out some of his work man go go and support uh and uh, not just in jay because hey, masande, but uh, because of the fascinating uh artistic uh, and uh, creative genius that uh, masande janga is uh, and i certainly don't say that lightly an award-winning author and publisher uh really i guess pushing the envelope and grappling with new and different spaces and yeah you know think about that science fiction and evelangapes sky